0: As the writer to the Hebrews told us this morning, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, focus your attention on Jesus, the Apostle and High Priest, whom we confess. Amen. My dear Christian friends, maybe you remember the not-so-good-old days, sitting in the back of the family station wagon with your siblings, Three kids trapped without air conditioning in a hot backseat with two roll-down windows. That meant that one of the children was a human sacrifice, doomed to that dreaded middle seat. The misery was high and the tempers were short. Any type of jostling, bumping, or touching began a backseat battle. You hit me, did not Did to you touch me, not on purpose. You better get back to your side. I can't get back to my side. I don't have a side. I got a middle. Then get back to the middle. And then that statement is followed by a slight shove. And that slight shove is then followed by a retaliatory shove. And you know how those backseat battles ended that every one of our fathers made the exact sta- same statements. Are you crying? I'll give you something to cry about. You do not want me to pull this car over. I don't care who started it. I'm going to finish it. I think that when men became fathers, that God changed their DNA so all of a sudden they had authority. Because our generation of fathers, they were pretty quiet men. And yet when they spoke up, we listened. Those backseat battles, they ended immediately. You learn very quickly in the backseat of the station wagon that you do not mess around with authority. And the people in the Capernaum synagogue realize very quickly that you don't mess around with Jesus It was in his divine DNA to speak with authority. Jesus is a 30-year-old rabbi. This is very early on in his ministry. He is the invited preacher at the synagogue in Capernaum on that Sabbath. It doesn't take very long for the people to realize that this rabbi of Jesus, he teaches way differently than any other rabbi does. Jesus doesn't quote former rabbis. He does not give his wishy-washy interpretations, nor does he give legalistic applications of Scripture. Jesus speaks as if he was the author of the Scriptures, which he is. He is the authority Mark does not record what the Messiah's message was that day, but he does record what the reaction of the people in the synagogue was that day. That there was awe and admiration and adoration for this message of repentance, forgiveness, and salvation. Words that they had never heard proclaimed with such clarity, with such authority. Well, Not everyone is in awe in the synagogue. Not everyone is feeling comfort from his message. Not everyone is blessed by his presence. There is one person in the crowd who hates what Jesus is saying. One person in that crowd who is both at the same time fearful and furious. A man possessed by a demon cries out, What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Remember that Jesus just recently came from his battle with the devil in the desert. He went mano a mano against Satan. And now he is doing battle against one of Satan's soldiers. It seems as if the devil and his demonic forces are working overtime during Jesus' ministry. And friends, you can be sure that anytime the doctrine of Christ is being taught, the devil and his demons will be hard at work. There is nothing that the devil hates more than the clear preaching of Christ crucified and for sinners. The devil and his demons could they, they love. Vague spiritualities, nebulous praise, and crossless, bloodless gospels that are no gospel at all. But preach Christ, and all hell breaks loose. So the Christ preaches about the Christ, and all hell breaks loose in that synagogue. But with a single word, Jesus silences this disruptive demon and restores order to the worship service. Be silent. Come out of him. Jesus speaks with authority. And the demon obeys. He has to obey. He has no choice. This is the word of God in human flesh. Jesus demonstrated his authority in that Capernaum synagogue 2,000 years ago in his healing and his preaching. But is Jesus the authority in your life today? Is it possible that Jesus is an authority, but not the authority? Perhaps like Eve, you are distracted by all of the pleasures of this world. And then the pleasures of this world, then that is your authority. Or perhaps like King David, lust has lured you away from your Lord. And then your lust has become your authority. Has fear paralyzed you like that fear paralyzed King Saul and his Israelite soldiers as they faced off against the Philistine giant Goliath? Are you like Ananias and Sapphira, looking to advance in your life by making shady business dealings? Or are you like Achan, where there is some kind of hidden sin that is drawing you away from the grace of God? Or are you like Lot's wife, looking longingly at the things of this world? Then fear, cheating, and materialism have become your authority. Or does the devil make a claim on your life? I'm not saying that you are demon-possessed, although I'm sure there are plenty of times that you want to place your hand on your child's head and say, demon, be gone. But when you do not allow Jesus to be your authority, then you are giving permission to the devil to fill the void. That demon-possessed man was furious because Jesus was coming to wreck all of his fun. Do you ever get that way? You think that Jesus has no claim on your life, that he's going to come and ruin your fun. That Jesus has no authority to wreck your lustful longings. That Jesus has no authority and no right to tell you that you need to be worshiping him every Sabbath. He has no right to tell you how to fix your broken marriage or to raise your children or spend your time or spend your money. Still, Satan suggests that Jesus has no authority to interfere with our depravity, our decadence, our dishonesty. But friends, if Jesus is not your authority, then it is a false authority, a demonic authority. It is an influence that is controlling you, that is robbing you of joy in this life and will, jo- and will rob you of the confidence of the life to come. That you are uncomfortable. That you are screaming out because you know that one day the Messiah will come in his glory and he is going to crush all things. These things that that have a stranglehold on your spirit, just as this demon had a hold on this poor man. But when Jesus, by the Holy Spirit's power, rules your heart and mind, when Jesus is the authority over anything and everything in your life, when you allow the Savior to save you from yourself, then your life is changed immensely for the better. You know this. Satan does battle with you every day. He hates it that you follow the truth. He wants to create disorder and dysfunction in your life. He wants to keep you in the chains of your desires. He wants you to remain ignorant of God's word and his will so that you lash out against other people with your word and your will. The devil wants you to stay dead in your sin, plagued by false pride and inflating your ego with independence. But Jesus comes to release you. He sets the captives free. He busts open the prison of your guilt. We heard earlier from Hebrews that Jesus unites us into a holy Christian church as he unites the different churches. Rocks and stones of brothers and sisters in Christ, as we sang, built on the rock. We prayed in the prayer of the day that Jesus strengthens your body and mind. He brings you through your temptations. He wants to be the authority in your life. So, allow Christ's voice to be spoken through your voice as you silence all of the voices that are vying for your attention by telling them to shut up, let Jesus drive out the demons that plague you. And Jesus does this. He does this not with amazing, fantastic, or stupendous displays of power, but he does this with words. I forgive you. I baptize you. Take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is my bl- blood. The Lord bless you and keep you. Go in peace. There is hidden glory in the Racine synagogue on a Sunday Sabbath. The water in the font, it looks just like ordinary water. But when that water is combined with the word of God, then it becomes baptism. It becomes a gracious water of life and a washing of rebirth by the Holy Spirit. The bread and wine on the altar, they appear to be just wafers of unleavened bread and little cups of port wine. But when Those elements are connected with the word of God. Then it becomes the very body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins, new life, and eternal salvation. The words that the pastor speaks sound like any other guy's voice. But when those words of the pastor are the words of Jesus and they are the words of absolution that take your sins away so that your heavenly Father will not look on them anymore. There is authority in Jesus' words. Forgiveness in those words. Life, death, and salvation in those words. The Bible prophesies about Jesus, the Son of Man, he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Jesus exudes authority. He bats an eyelash. Nature jumps. He spits, and sight is restored. His cloak is touched, and blood stops pouring. He draws in the dirt And those who oppose him drop their stones. He speaks, and the dead come back to life. At the end of Mark's gospel, Jesus is hanging dead on a criminal's cross. Yet even a Gentile Roman centurion can see through all of the blood and gore the shame and the curses. And he sees Jesus' hidden glory So that he exclaims, surely this man was the Son of God. Even dead, Jesus exudes authority. So no one argues when the crucified and resurrected Christ says just before his ascension, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus may not have looked like much when he walked into the Capernaum synagogue. He may not have looked like much as he hung on the Roman cross. He certainly did not look like much as he lay dead in Joseph's tomb. But those are the places where Jesus demonstrated his authority over death and the devil and his demons. It was with authority that Jesus healed, taught, and commanded demons. It was with authority that Jesus preached sermons, calmed storms, and raised the dead. And it was also with authority that Jesus laid down his life on the cross with all hell breaking loose in jubilation, thinking that they had silenced the Son of God And yet it was also with authority that the Son of God took his life back up again and then marched down into hell to break up Satan's victory parade. Jesus' death and resurrection have meant the demon's destruction and our salvation. Fellow saints, this is your Capernaum synagogue. There is hidden glory here. Because this is the synagogue of the baptized. Those gathered together in the pews or online to hear the word of God every Sunday Sabbath. The words of the Christ speak into the darkness of your sins, reclaiming your life, silencing your demons, bringing salvation, healing, and life in the Christ. Jesus exudes authority. In his words, in his actions, throughout his life. Accept Jesus' authority over your words, in your actions, and throughout your life. Amen.